Good morning, everyone. It's good to see each one of you here. For my message this morning, I'll call it Jesus, Our Friend, and I want to talk about friendship a little bit. Proverbs verse 18, sorry, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And I'm going to, I don't really have a text this morning, it's kind of a topical message, and so I don't feel like you have to follow along, I have all my verses in my notes here, so... um, So yesterday, uh, we were going to go down to Adrian and Rachel's place. They're, work, they're building a garage, and so we are going to go help them on that. And I went out in the garage <clears throat> to get something, and I saw a mouse dive into our little wagon. And the wagon, the girls play with it, and it's full of, you know, what children play with. Just eat corn cobs, and they pick all the corn kernels off and put it in a little container, and they do all kinds of stuff like that. You know how children are. Anyways, the mouse jumped in there and I was like, I'm gonna it jumped into a little flower pot that was full of stuff and there was a towel on top of the flower pot. <clears throat> and I went over there and boom, you know, down on there I was gonna catch him. And he dove out of the wagon and got away. And then I saw there was another one in there and uh no, my garage isn't mice infested. <laughs> no. Anyways <clears throat> yeah. I saw there was another one in there and he got away too. I I tried to catch him. Anyways, the point of the story is even a mouse wants a little bit of companionship, right? He's going to go steal some corn and lay up, you know, stuff for the winter, and he takes his buddy along with him. When I was young, and I still do now, enjoy skiing. I like to do that kind of thing. But I hate going skiing by myself. It's, it's not fun. Like, the, the joy of it is, you know, making a run down the hill or whatever, and then talking with your friend as you're going back up the chairlift, and, you know, talking about, you know, trying to build up courage to, you know, do a 360 over the jump, or to, some people can do a backflip, I I was never able to do that, but, you know, you kind of egg each other on, and, you know, oh, you need to hit that rail, or whatever. Friendships are amazing, right? They're valuable. Ecclesiastes 4 Verses 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. What is a good friend? think about that. It's, it's up for you, it's up to you to decide. We all look for different things. Um, we all, we're all different, right? So our friends are different. What do you look for in a friend? Someone to do things with? Like, I want somebody to go ride and bike with me, or hike the Appalachian Trail with me, or go skiing with me. Or do you look for somebody to spend time with? Um, I want, my, I want a friend that will go and sit and listen to me talk, or let's go to the coffee shop and relax, things like that. <clears throat> shared experiences, shared hobbies, shared values. What do you look for in a friend? We have friends in different places. We have work friends. We have church friends. We have school friends. We have social media friends. We have friends that live far away that we seldom see. We have friends that live close by, and we see them maybe a couple times a week. 
Um, there's also different seasons in friendship. Okay, and I'm kind of going over this. I just want you to think about this. Um, you may have a good friend during Bible school or during a certain thing in your life. Um, but when it's over, the friendship cools. Or you may have a friend that's helping you with a project or something, and they're a good friend, but when the project's over, you lose touch with them again. As our interests change, so do our friendships. And we value friends differently. Some friends are more valuable than others. Um, We also categorize them a little bit. And what I mean by that is, I'll, I'll have an illustration here, and so understand this is just me and my perspective. You may have a different perspective on how this all works, right? But uh, when I worked for Christ, one of our suppliers had a, um, like they did fishing trips, and they would have, you know, a couple guys from every company that would go along, and we'd go out on Lake Michigan and go fishing. I went on one of those, and it was okay. And then uh, Jake decided to do that with all of the guys at the shop there. Like, hey, let's all just take a day and go fishing. And that's maybe a good thing to do. I don't know. But to me, when I go fishing, I don't want to take my work friends along. Like, I want to take my other friends. Like, you know, I have friendships at work, and I really care about those people, but they're my work friends. And I want to, you know, if I'm going to go fishing or go, you know, have a fun time, I'm probably not going to invite my work friends. You kind of, for me, I kind of, and, and maybe it's just me, I don't know, but you kind of, when you, like, so you have your work friends are centered around what you do or what, you know, we all show up every day and we have this in common. We have our job in common. But when you go fishing, you don't have anything in common. <laughs> that's, that's just me, <clears throat> okay? Some people are, are different. They, they don't care. And that's fine. People are, that's fine. Relationship, relationships are complex. And I don't want to, I don't intend for this to be a catch-all message for it, okay? Um, yeah. Some people don't value friendship very much. They look at their friends and they kind of, you know, we can be friends, but you stay over there. Other people <clears throat> are love friends, and they have tons of friends. Everybody's their friend, and it doesn't matter what you're doing or where you're at. They have lots of friends. Um, and they can almost tend to, like, you know, you've got the one keeping pe- people at bay. You've got the, one, the other one over here that's, like, hanging on to their friends, and they won't let them go. <clears throat> they may smother their friends. We kind of, yeah, we can kind of find ourselves in between there somewhere. And I would say this message is more towards that person that is um, maybe uh, maybe finds themselves needing their friends or um, maybe really wish they had a good friend. So in thinking about friendship, um, I would say friendships at their core are selfish. No, I don't really believe that. (laughs) Just making sure you're listening. No, I don't believe that. But what is true, I think, is that we have friends for a reason, okay? They don't just exist in a vacuum. There's reasons. For example, um, uh, you know, my phone may ring and, you know, pull it out and, oh, I haven't heard from him in a while. Hey, how's it going? You know, we talk and, um, yeah, I haven't heard from you in a long time. You know, how are you doing? How's your family? You know, and all this and, well, hey, uh, you know, it gets around to, 
what'd you call me for? Well, my furnace isn't working, and I need, you know, can you come over and... Proverbs 14, verse 20, the poor is hated even of his own neighbor, but the rich hath many friends. Does it sometimes feel like your friends are your friends until they get what they want, and then they're gone? I, I knew a guy one time, and I overheard this. I, I wasn't involved with it or whatever, but he had a new toy. <clears throat> and one of his friends was there exclaiming over it, and, hey, I'm gonna, do you mind if I come over next week and we'll play with your new toy? And when the guy left or whatever, the man who had the new toy said, wow, I haven't seen that guy in months. That's, that's not how it should be. <clears throat> we just talked about what we look for in a friend. Um, another way, I guess, to think about it is, what does my friend do for me? We value our friends based on the value that they bring to me, which can be selfish, not always. Now, I want you to describe your idealistic best friend. And I don't like the term best. Um, I tell people to use the term dear like you have a dear friend or you have a good friend. If you use the term best, um, well, that's, that's exclusive uh, to, to one person, right? <clears throat> I, yeah, I just I don't like that, just me. Um, so how would you describe your, your best friend, your dear friend, the friend, your idealistic friend? I would say they need to be loyal. They need to make me number one. Um, and so that, the way that looks is like, you know, they may be talking with their other friends when I walk in the room, but when I walk in the room, I want them to, you know, come over and sit by me. <laughs> or to say, hey, you know, and light up. And I want them to, to be loyal to me. I want them to be faithful to me no matter what. <clears throat> I want them to be there for me when I'm not doing so well. I want them to listen well. I want them to be caring and a wise counselor. A wise counselor. The wounds of a friend are faithful. They need to be non-judgmental and trustworthy so I can share my deepest feelings. What, how would you describe your idealistic best friend? And we all long for a dear friend. Proverbs 16, verse 28. A froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. So there you go. Instead of using best friends, use chief, chief friends. Uh, Proverbs 17, verse 9. He that covereth the transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth the matter separateth very friends. And how zealous we are for our friends. We think about somebody coming between us and our good friend. It makes us angry, makes us upset. And I think we can understand the ache in David's heart here in these next verses. Psalm 38, verse 11. My lovers and my friends stand aloof from my sore, and my kinsmen stand afar off. Psalm 41, verse 9. Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. And then I'm not sure who wrote this, but Psalm 88, verse 18. Lover and friend hast thou put far from me and mine acquaintance into darkness.
We long for companionship, and we hate being alone. And it's a good longing. It's a good desire. What would you give? Yeah, I would say it's a godlike desire to long for good friends. What would you give for a good friend? What would you give for a chief friend? Would you, would you give your right arm? <clears throat> would you allow somebody to cut off your right arm if you knew you would have a faithful friend the rest of your life? Or would you shorten your life by 10 years? That seems drastic, but the point is, let that sink in a little bit. What is the value? How do you place value on a good friend? And what a blessing it is when we have a dear friend. I've heard many people express loneliness. They long for a good, trustworthy friend that they can share with. And I believe it's a good desire. It's from God. And I encourage you to find and develop good friendships, friendships that are built around good, honorable things. But sometimes I wonder if we're looking for something in our friends that they can't give. Dana Stauffer, over our last ordination, had a message. The title was, I Sought for a Man. And in context, you know, I sought for a man. We're looking for a man to lead the church, and so, you know, we want a man that's this and this and this or whatever. And Dana said, the only man that's going to live up to all that, there's only one man that can do that, Jesus Christ. Only Jesus is that man. And so he said, yeah, basically don't put your trust in earthly leaders. Put your faith in Jesus You may have looked for a leader that is, you know, all this, but instead, (laughs) well, you got me, I guess. Uh, But somebody who is in need of grace as well. Um, Somebody who's not perfect. And I think it can be the same way in friendship. (coughs) Excuse me. We search for a friend and we get frustrated because they don't live up to what we think they need to be. Um, or they let us down. We may long to get married because we think that would satisfy the loneliness. And I wonder if we're looking in the wrong place for fulfillment of some of these desires. I wonder sometimes if we should interpret loneliness as godlessness. Now, that's, that's quite a statement. And I would say that, yes, we are created from the beginning to have deep, meaningful relationships with other people. But we're also created from the beginning to have deep, meaningful relationships with our Creator. And if we're looking, if we take the Creator out of the picture, I don't think that works very well. If we remove, if, yeah, if, if we turn to people to fulfill that, desire that we have for our creator, to fill that relationship with our creator, we're going to fail. And I would also say if we turn to God to fulfill the relationships that we need to have with people, we're going to fail as well. I think it takes both. And if this resonates with you a little bit, I'd like to talk about Jesus. Of course you know him. But do you consider Jesus as your friend? Scripture doesn't say a whole lot using the word friend. It does some. But if you look at what friendship is, then I would say 
it's full, and it could be an exhaustive study on how Jesus is our friend and, and what all he does for us and how he's a friend, how he's a good friend. And I want to I touch on one thing here. I think one of the core desires in friendship is the desire to feel valued. We want people to value us. And I, I have a question for you. Um, what do you think will happen when you walk through the pearly gates into heaven? <clears throat> you die, you get up there to heaven, however you envision it to be, but you come into the throne room, into God's presence. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, Gary made it. Hey, hi, Gary. How are you doing? Glad you made it. Uh, you're going to be in on St. Peter's Street in Paulburg. Your house is, your mansion is the blue one on the left. Have a good day. Probably not. <clears throat> I think there's going to be a celebration. I think it's going to go silent when you walk into the throne room. And Jesus is going to jump up, and I don't know what all is going to happen. But I think it's going to be a celebration. Luke 15, verse 4. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after it, after that which was lost, until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors. So he doesn't just rejoice alone. He calls his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. More than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. I think that gives us a little bit of a glimpse into the joy that Jesus has over us and the celebration when we repent and and follow him. Luke chapter 12 verse 6. Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? And not one of them is forgotten before God. But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. And I think, I don't, I don't have any friends that I know how many hairs are on their head. <laughs> That's obsessive love. But God knows. He cares about us. God values you. John 15, 12 through 17. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father hath I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. This is Jesus speaking. And ordained you that ye should go, for, go and bring forth fruit. And we think about that going and bringing forth fruit. We think about, oh, Jesus just wants us to work for him. No. Jesus wants us to, what is, he wants us to put on the fruit of the Spirit. He wants us to get to a better place. And that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. Abraham was called the friend of God. David was a man after God's own heart, or you could say friend, I think. And I could go on, but I think you get the point. God values you. God is many things to us, but if we miss his friendship, I think we're missing all of it. Like his friendship is, how do you have a relationship with God without looking at God as your 
dear friend. And I would recommend, if you struggle with friendship with others, to first grow in friendship with Jesus. Talk to him. Share how you feel, good and bad. Um, Don't be that indifferent friend. Um, Care about him. Get to know him. Through the stories in the Bible, we can see the things he cares about. How does he feel or react when bad things happen? How does he feel about me? Did Jesus get tired? How did he handle stress? How did Jesus' other friends treat him? What is something that is really dear to Jesus? Real quick, somebody have, like in thinking about Jesus, what is something that is really dear to him? Our worship? Children. Yeah, good one. Yeah. Another, yeah, good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so along with that, I'm going to stop it, okay? But that's, that's, that's the one I was looking at. Um, Second Peter... 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And if you think about that, Jesus is long-suffering. That means that he is in suffering, putting up with a lot of things right now, because he doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants all of us in his kingdom. A little glimpse into his heart and the things he cares about. But it's different than a real person, right? God isn't here. He doesn't say anything. Well, he does through scripture. But it feels one-sided when I pray, maybe. Um, and again, I'll remind you, just like people can't take the place of God, God shouldn't take the place of people. We still need those flesh and blood relationships. Um, but if you don't view Jesus as real, as caring and present, I think we're missing a lot. And I would wonder, what's your faith like? But Jesus, Jesus is real. He walked this earth as a man, and he will return and be in our presence someday. He's a real person that you can have a real relationship with. If you read scripture, you'll find all you need to know about him. <clears throat> Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we must believe that he is, that he's real, and that he's a rewarder. Okay, that means that he isn't just taking in this relationship. You have a relationship with him, and he is involved with it as well. And I wonder, like this whole principle here of seeking God first, um, I wonder if Paul understood this or whatever, or if this is maybe what he's referring to when he said that single people are at an advantage in their relationship with God. <clears throat> is it possible that a good, that a best friend, if I can use that term, is it possible that a best friend will distract you from a good relationship with God? So I encourage you to become the friend of God and then go reflect that friendship to others. And I really like the parable of the Good Samaritan and how Jesus kind of turned the lawyer's question on his head a little bit. 
This is Luke 10, verses 25 through 29. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he, answering, said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And I, let me read that again. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he even has the correct order there, I think. <laughs> First the Lord, and then secondly, we love our neighbor as, as ourselves. And I guess maybe I should have just read that and sat down. I don't know. There it is. And he saith unto him, this is Jesus, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, the lawyer, being willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Or we could say in this situation, but who, who is our friend? And we know what Jesus said. He said, basically, <clears throat> instead of looking for people who will be your friend, go look for people to be a friend too. That's what he told him. Don't go looking to see who your neighbor is so you can be nice to them. Go be a neighbor to somebody. <clears throat> and the verse that I opened up with, um, Proverbs 18, verse 24, I didn't read the whole thing at the start. I'll, I'll read it now. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. So I, th- I believe that once we have that friendship with God, then we can go on into friendships on earth here with less expectations, less pressure on them to perform, less hurt when they let us down. We can reflect Christ to them because we have experienced his love. And we can point others, we can point our friends to him because we're going to let them down too, right? And I think too, when we grow in love for Jesus, we actually find ourselves loving people better too. I think, so the way... When we grow in Jesus, our friendship with Jesus, it means learning more about him, his love, grace, faithfulness, loyalty, kindness, humility. And it means less of selfishness, anger, and pride. And then that shows up in our relationship with others. This doesn't mean that we don't need people. I think we do. We do need people in our lives. Um, But it probably means that we will need them less, and we will desire to desire their companionship more. And you will probably, like David did, you will probably mourn a lost friend or a friend that's gone for a while. That, I think, is God-like. So in summary, I guess, um, God calls us to love other people well. But it needs to be in in context of a good relationship with him. Remove God from the picture and your friendships on earth will fail or become selfish. Remove your friends from the picture. Remove your relationships with people on earth from the picture. And I believe you're going to struggle with your relationship with God, too. Or at least you'll have trouble understanding his heart. Become the friend of God. And be a good friend, regardless of what the other person does. Instead Instead of waiting to be invited into somebody else's inner circle... Invite somebody into your inner, inner circle. 
And if they don't want to, that's fine. Remember, our friendships should reflect the love of Jesus. And Jesus said to go to the least of them, to seek out the least of them for your friends. Luke 14, 12 through 24. Then said he also to them that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, nor thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. That's a good picture of how our relationship with God affects our relationships on earth. And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he saith unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said unto him, A certain man made a great supper, and bade many, and sent his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And the other said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord all these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go quickly out into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. When you are giving, when you are friends with someone, you are giving them something that is priceless. It's very valuable. Why not give it to the least? And many times... I don't know how your experience is, but many times the greatest don't come to the feast that you prepare. <clears throat> and another reason to seek out the least among us for your friend is because that's what God did when he found you. When he found me. <clears throat> May the Lord bless you richly with many dear companions as you serve him.